and welcome to FFS Fast Finance Sorted, your fun 15 minute financial education. I'm Hilary Lewis from Winchester Corporate Finance. I'm Beth Jackson from Two Sisters Accounting. And I'm Martin McLeod from Financial Health Club. And today's episode is sponsored by Reward Finance Group. So guys, I was reading that um, pay excluding bonuses has grown by 6.2% in the last three months of 2023. So I think the, the British jobs market is still outpacing price rises that official figures are showing. And just this morning, the inflation figures were released and inflation is stuck at 4%. And just to kind of clarify that for people, I think a lot of people are thinking that inflation obviously is reducing. It was up as high as 11%. We are, we are managing to reduce and keep it at a lower figure, although ideally they want it to be 2%, so it's still double what it should be. And, and inflation and core inflation are two different things. So core inflation is rising at 5.1%, and that's why, even though wages are still rising, you're still feeling that squeeze because core inflation takes away things like tobacco and alcohol and energy, but the goods and services that you're buying and, and as part of your, your job or as part of your, what you do socially is meaning that you're not really, it's not really been passed down to you. There's still that kind of squeeze on incomes. And I think a lot of people, when they think about inflation, they're thinking that by it being reduced, that in some way prices are going to reduce by, by, by the, the 7%, for example. It doesn't work like that. All it means is that price rises are not continuing anymore at the same level that they were back in 2021, 2022, but we are still in a, in a a market where obviously things are more expensive than they used to be. So there is going to be that period, especially with interest rates going up 18 months ago kind of thing. It usually takes 18 months for interest rates to really affect the economy, which is why we're probably now seeing companies laying staff off. Um, just to explain a bit more about that, a lot of people will think that interest rates just affect people with mortgages, for example, but they, they affect companies as well because companies have debts. So companies who can borrow money at really low rates, they're able to employ a lot more people. Whereas like, when you are borrowing at a higher rate, that means that your debts are obviously increasing. And if your debts are increasing and you can't pay them, first thing you've got to do is make people redundant. You've got to lower your costs. So having like these, these things are all working in the background. So essentially, although inflation may be reducing, we're not seeing like this massive growth that, you, that people are expecting to see. So we're still in kind of tougher times, especially with core inflation. So even though your wage may be rising, you're not seeing the, the great benefits of it. And one of the biggest problems with inflation is when inflation is high, the tendency is for companies to raise wages, which in actual fact fuels inflation as well, because it effectively makes you able to buy more of the consumer goods that they're actually trying to, but with raising interest rates, make you less able to afford. So in actual fact, you've got a system that's kind of working against each other, which is kind of where we get this. We're struggling to maybe bring it down even further because of these inflationary rises and the prices of uh, and your wage going up at the same time as these that core inflation stays the same. Just to give you a kind of bit of background, hope that wasn't too technical, but <laughs> just to try to give you a wee bit of like a, a background of how it, how economics works. And I am no economics guru, but just to give you a kind of a, a brief uh, overview of of what's kind of happening in the economy at the moment. 
I know that um, for us within the business fin finance world, obviously interest rates are very important. We spend a lot of time um, working with lots of different lenders and obviously trying to get uh, the best rate out there for our clients. Now, one thing we've noticed since uh, since January is that actually the, the interest rates have started to drop on finance products, which is actually meant, you know, the world of difference to a lot of business owners that they can get um, borrow money uh, at a cheaper rate now, which definitely helps um, because as you say, companies do use money a lot. It does cost them if, if the interest rates are higher and if they can save money and find a refinancing product at a lower rate, it's going to make a difference to their business over, over on the on the whole, um, I imagine it's the same for you, Beth, in terms of if you've got clients that you're helping and you can see that they've got um, loan products and stuff, it's something that you then must probably discuss with them, don't you? There's There are clients that have um, sort of finance agreements in place and stuff. And like Martin says, actually, the interest is suddenly meaning that they can't do the things that they had planned in their budgets and cash flow and they can't... Um, suddenly actually their loan payments are wiping out all their financial plans just because of these interest rates. Um, and that just takes a lot of annoying planning and budgeting and cash flow planning. But I actually, I had a question for Martin because I feel like he is our inflation expert. So all these headlines are making it sound like it's a good thing at the moment. You know, inflation's going down, wages are going up. Are they just sort of um, the typical headlines that are just trying to make it sound better when actually, is it sort of, Everyone's trying to go, oh, cost of living isn't that bad. Don't worry about it. But actually, it, it's still there and it's here to stay for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly not as easy as they make it out to reduce inflation. They're, obviously, their target is 2%, so we're still quite a distance away from that. They do believe that they can get that down at some point this year to the 2%. But by doing that, it's probably going to be at the expense of keeping interest rates possibly higher for longer than, than they may be intended in the first place. So there's always something to give up because effectively what they're trying to do is because of the amount of money that was given at the time of COVID and them printing money, that caused this massive surge in inflation and it caused um, assets to rise quickly. And what they're trying to do is cool the economy down, which takes more time. And it takes time to feed through, as I say, the interest rates do take about 18 months to really, really change the economy and change the outlook. And now that we're at that period now, you're starting to see some of these things transitioning through. And the next stage would be ultimately to start cutting interest rates, but they don't feel confident probably at this stage that they've got inflation under control enough. Yes, it's stabilised, but there's still a lot to be done to hit that government level, which they, they really put an impetus on it being around about that 2%, and they need to be seen to be achieving that. So how does... It's better news for um, savers, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's the, it's the highest savings rates for many, many years, you know, for, for fixed rate accounts. And, yeah, there'll, there'll be lots of people celebrating the fact that interest rates are high after an, an quite incredible environment that we lived in for so many years where interest rates were low and people could borrow quite a lot of, uh, they could get themselves in quite a bit, a bit of debt to buy houses easily. And now they're finding pretty much what it was like for everybody who grew up in the 80s and 90s. And, you know, there was a different world and we're just back in that world now. It's, 
you know, I think like I was reading an investment book once that said it talked about the average and the average interest rate, and it talked about it being like seven or eight percent. And this book had been going back in like the last hundred years, so that's obviously what was normal when the book was written in like nineteen eighty eight. We lived in a utopian environment caused by the the crash in two thousand and eight. Really, that interest rates being reduced and being kept so low, and then COVID exasperating that and bringing interest rates back down again left an environment that really was you'll you'll not see a, an environment like that probably again in your lifetime where you had a, such a long period of low interest rates um, you that's why and low interest rates drive asset prices up they drive share prices up it was much easier to make money on the stock market probably and and those years than it will be say in the next five or ten but that's not to say that you won't outpace inflation and you won't outpace but by, by investing your money, you should, by nature, invest in companies which are able to return um, investments much higher than inflation over the long term. Amazing. Thank you. I feel more informed. Yeah, it's always good to know. Um, I've actually got LinkedIn legend question come in now. So I'm going to pop that on for you. Fuck off. Um, Luke Manton here. Just a quick one. Fuck off. So I take a salary from my cut, 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 cut company, but occasionally there's something, fuck off, um, a little extra that I want to buy. How is it best to take additional finance out of your company, additional funds out of your company on a monthly basis without incurring a huge tax bill, messing something up, or whoosh, generally getting in trouble for doing something wrong because I am clueless. But if I could have the answer to that, I would appreciate it. Ciao. Great question there from Luke. Um, I think that's probably best for Beth to answer, isn't it? Yeah. So I will start by saying this is for limited companies. So if you're the director of a limited company, I'm talking about you. This is not for sole traders because how you pay yourself is totally different. Um, and also you're paying the tax regardless as a sole trader, regardless of what you pay yourself. So it doesn't matter too much. So directors of limited companies, two ways you can pay yourself. You can pay yourself as salary or you can pay yourself as dividends. Really key thing to know about dividends is you can only pay them if your company is in profit and you can only pay them in line with the profit that's available. So you need to remember that you've got things to pay like your corporation tax and your VAT if you're VAT registered. So don't just go, oh, well, I think my profit's £50,000. I'm going to pay myself £50,000 because you've probably not thought about your corporation tax in there. Um, and you're going to get yourself into a mess there. So that's the first thing to remember, just a really boring technical thing about tax. Salary wise, if you're paying yourself a salary, there's going to be tax to pay on it. There's going to be national insurance to pay on it. There's going to be employers national insurance to pay on it. So the most tax efficient way to pay yourself is never by salary. That's why we tell yourself to pay by dividends, because instead of paying I think it, like an obscene amount in tax, I think it works out probably near enough to 40% by the time you've done POE and the two national insurances. In the basic rate, dividend tax is 8.75%. Loads nicer. <laughs> um, so if there's a little bit extra you want to take, we would suggest paying it as dividends. And it is as simple as going, I'm going to pay myself a dividend. I am going to transfer £5,000 from my business account to my personal account once you've made sure that you can. How do you make sure that you can? How do you know that your profit's actually there, that your corporation tax isn't going to cause a problem, all of that stuff? Um, what I usually suggest you do is 
as you're getting paid every month, hide your tax from yourself. Just hide 20% away of everything that you've you've been paid. It's quite a rough and ready calculation, but if you do it off, you get paid an invoice and you take 20% and hide it, it sort of will make up for the various corporation tax rates and the spats expenses will come off and blah, blah, blah. And then you can see what you've got left in your bank account and you will have a decent idea of what of that you can actually pay yourself. So that's sort of loads of information, but trying to make the technical stuff as simple as possible. To Martin and Hillary, do you have any questions on that? Because if you do, I've probably missed something explaining something and the listeners will probably have the same question. Oh, that's a good question. Um, or did I do a really my good head, job? No, I mean, I... I you did a really good a job. job. I was I was always a sole <laughs> trader, so I, it's quite it's quite unusual. Like for me to listen to it, it's I find it quite interesting because I was always a sole trader. So um, when I had my businesses, so yeah, I, I I think as you say, it is done differently if if you're a sole trader. But um, I, I will cover that. As far quickly. as I'm concerned, you've covered everything. For me. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah, sole... well, why not cover it quickly? For sole traders, the reason I say it's differently is sole traders, it doesn't matter what you pay yourself. It doesn't matter what you transfer out of your business account to your personal account. You are paying tax on your profit, regardless of whether you spend that profit or not. Um, And this is something that sole traders get really confused about. They go, well, yeah, my profit was 50 grand, but I've only paid myself 10 grand. I've been trying to be tax efficient. It doesn't matter. Um, you're paying tax on your profit. So that's why sole traders and limited companies are so different. They're like tax-wise and how you pay yourself-wise, completely different beasts. So don't, as a sole trader, fall into that trap of thinking about drawings or all of this. It doesn't exist for you. It's not a thing. Ready for next year already, your tax bill, Martin? (laughs) I think I know more than I did five minutes ago, and that's the main thing. Every every little helps. You might not know about though. So I was um, I was looking at some very interesting stats earlier today. I wanted to check out who the highest paid movie run. I bet you can one. Oh, I like this sort of question. I can tell you who it's not. It's not Johnny Depp. Okay. And it's not Tom no, it's not Tom Cruise. Okay, big actors. It's going to be a man, let's be honest. You're 10 of the list. There was only one lady. Do better, Hollywood. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who are big actors? Um, it's, it's not Johnny Depp. It's not Tom Cruise. It's not Will, Will Smith. S- Will Smith. No, Will Smith. not Will Smith was number two. He came in second for Men in Black 3, which surprised me. Uh, Harrison Ford, he's like a, a big, a big star, isn't he? He must get paid. No, no, he, he um, uh, well, I'd like to pay him. I, I, have, got, I have a massive thing for Cowboys ever since uh, Paramount Plus has been doing Yellowstone. So I'm all over that. He's, he's very nice. Um, as an, as an older man, I would. Um, Robert Downey no, Jr., I feel Harrison like Ford, he's... I can tell you who it was. No, Iron Man was on the list, but no, Robert Downey Jr. was not there. The number one person who who might surprise you was Bruce Willis for Sixth Sense. That film's so old, that though. That's a major shot. Bruce, I know. That I know, work. so old. That's, in, in terms of inflation, they don't have to worry about their uh, their wages, do no. they? 
Yeah, no. they're never going to have to worry about inflation actors, no. That's, that's certainly one thing. They only have to worry about the inflation on yachts. <laughs> From Hollywood budgets, no. I'm really surprised because Six Sense was so long ago that I'm surprised that for like Iron Man, it wasn't more. That's wild. I know. Well, it makes you wonder. Maybe they've cut back on their their spending. You see it all the time, don't you, with them like footballers? Like the I, Martin's probably going to know more than I. I don't know. Not I'm not going to start <laughs> claiming that I know anything about football. But so there are certain footballers that have had like very well known um, large. Tra- is it? Do you call it a transfer fee? I don't know transfer what I'm talking fees, about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've been quite famous about it. You can tell I'm this is thank God I'm not on a question of sport because I'm useless. Um, not my area of of expertise at all. Um, but yeah, you can see like how, like, obviously that whole pay thing where people's pay does, you know, it might have grown, but if there's, if they're still talking that the sixth sense is the highest paying role of all time, that that was quite a while ago. I feel like we've given probably no Netflix then though. Feel like yeah, we've, given some, we've given people some good pop culture trivia to go off off into the world with this week. Well done, us guys. <laughs> I know. Pat yourselves on the back. Some full blown knowledge, knowledge bombs, and uh, yeah. Then uh, <laughs> this this is how we end. <laughs> Thanks ever so much for joining us. It's um, this is fast finance sorted. Your fifteen minute financial education. And this episode has been sponsored by Reward Finance Group. The first 10 people to leave a five-star rating and write a LinkedIn post will actually get a coffee on us. Just make sure you use the hashtag FFS Fast Finance Sorted.